can see you guys now. <laughs> you know, I just, there's a lot going on today. I wanted to keep this somewhat short. But what I really want to do is share with you a couple highlights from the regional vineyard conference that my wife and I went to, and I'll explain that in a moment. But before we go there, um, Jason, I got a little ring up here. Is that me? Or? Um, Greg and Teresa Dahl sent me this text, and you know that Joshua and the girls that they're bringing here from Uganda, um, they're looking for a little financial help to be able to get Teresa over there to help fly all three of them home to the States. So if that's something you want to do, you can make a check or something out. Make sure you mark it um, for that purpose of bringing uh, uh, Greg and Teresa's, uh, we're going to call them their kids, back to the United States. They're coming here to live. We're going to host them here at school. And Josh is one of the young men that Greg and Teresa have been working with for quite a few years. My understanding is he's an amazing young man. And he's got two younger sisters. They come from a very torn family, a lot of ugly stuff going on over there and uh, they're bringing them here. I'm pretty excited about that. So if you can help support them, that would be awesome. So another thing I'm really excited about also is this morning, Rebecca Moran, who leads up our, um, our uh, deliverance ministry, she is right now at another church offering de- deliverance ministry. This church called us a while back and just said, you know, we have some problems here. And there is a demonic presence. We can't explain it. But something gave that permission to be there. And Rebecca and myself and Cyril Hunkler, we went over there and we prayed with the pastor and his wife and, and walked through their, their uh, sanctuary and prayed. And they have asked Rebecca and the team to come back today and to teach on deliverance. I'm so excited about how we're getting out of here going out there. That is so exciting to me. That's what church is all about. We are the church. This building is just a great building to stay cool in. But you, you are the church. We are the assembly. We're the ecclesia of God. We are the ones that are gathered together to represent Christ. But um, this morning, I want to share some highlights. And, and for a moment, this is going to be for most of our tribal family members. There are, there are some visitors here today. And bear with me for a moment. But the vineyard itself, that's who we are. We are part of a movement that started was started years ago by John Wimber. Actually, John Wimber didn't start it. Another brother started it rolling, and they brought John in, and it just blossomed. It took off from there. But at the end of the day, we were in this season that we came out of, we'll call it the pandemic, where a lot of vineyards were struggling. A lot of churches across the United States were struggling. And I'm so proud of you guys because we stood tall. We kept the doors open. We met the mitigation. We wrestled with a lot of things. But we came out the other side, and I think we're stronger for it. And what I appreciated about you guys is that you know that love gives a choice. And I didn't catch a lot of fighting and bickering over why aren't you this, why aren't you that, why aren't you sitting over there, who's masked and who's not masked. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate that. You guys really, truly honored each other. But in that moment, in our regional area, there was some pastors who actually walked away from the pulpit. It's true. They were so disgruntled. They were so hurt by all of the division and strife going on, mostly as you started going north where it tended to get a lot more, I'll use the term liberal, 
it, it got more liberal, and there was so much pushback from so many directions. A lot of these young pastors, they couldn't handle it, and they decided to take their football and go home, and it's sad. And at the same time, we had, and I'll be honest, we had an area leader that was saying some things that really shouldn't have been said that caused a lot of hurt and division. Now, I'm speaking to family this morning. We saw that go on in a lot of churches, capital C church around the country. A lot of division, a lot of hurt, a lot of people taking sides in battles that I don't think we should have taken a side in. Amen? So, moving forward, they brought in a gal named Brenda Gatlin. Brenda Gatlin has been in the vineyard forever. Not literally, but she's been around a long time. Her and her husband, they pastor a huge church back east, a vineyard church. And Brenda is now kind of our super regional area leader. Under her is a, a young man named Marshall Pruitt. Marshall Pruitt is now the Pacific Northwest leader. And he covers everything from, gosh, they've moved the lines clear down to Southern California, all the way up into Washington, Alaska, Hawaii, Montana, Idaho. You guys getting the picture? It's big. It's big. A lot of churches were represented at the conference, but uh, I think some of the highlights that came out of for me was I had never met the new national director, Phil Strout, who was the former national director. He stepped down. They brought in a new national director, director Jay Pathak. Now, Jay Pathak is, you know, <laughs> the problem is, is this starts rolling and then all this other stuff and communication and, and emails were coming and flying from different directions. And it was like, man. What's the real deal here? So I finally got on the line. Brenda Gatlin came in for our area. There was a lot of division in our area that was caused by some leaders that I felt, I felt really grossly let us down. In a moment when we needed leaders, and you guys heard my heart, leaders lead. They don't take their football and go home. They don't get quiet. They get on the phone. They get on Zoom. Whatever it takes to contact people. How are you doing? None of that was happening. And uh, Brenda stepped up and pushed through that. It was awesome, Brenda Gatlin. But at the end of the day, Jay Pathak st stepped up. He's the new national director. Heard a lot of things about him, but it was mainly coming from some of our disgruntled leaders. And I thought, you know, in all fairness, before we determine where we're going to go as a people, we need to hear his voice. So I thought, you know, Brenda, I will commit to you for this season of time. We'll meet with the area pastors in our area and we will discuss and walk through issues of the heart. It's been really wonderful, really wonderful. And at the end of the day, here we have Jay Pathak. He's up, at the, he's up at the conference. I'd never heard Jay speak. I'd only heard things about him. But I've learned this, and I knew it intrinsically, but you still, at the end of the day, it was good to hear again. And that is, we came out of a season, we're still in this moment, when it seems as if all the loud voices are getting all the attention. But really, there's only a few of them that are really loud. But a lot of us have been quiet. It's time to listen to the quiet ones. It's time for the quiet ones to stand up and be heard. And I'm not talking about throwing a fit, and, but be methodical about it and talk about it. And that's what caught my heart about Jay. Jay stood up and he just said, look, guys, I inherited a mess. I know that. We have a lot of things to clean up. And we're going to focus on cleaning up some of the messes. But the only way we can do this as a vineyard and move forward is to get back to our roots. Don't get caught in all the smoke and mirrors. Don't get caught in all the stuff that's going on. 
Let's get back to our roots. I appreciated that word. What excited me the most is we've been known for signs and wonders and prophetic words and ministry. At the end of every one of the national leaders speaking at the conference, they stopped and they all had a prophetic moment where they called people out of the crowd and were calling out with words of knowledge and healing. It was a powerful moment. And it reminded me of who we used to be in terms of our history and taking us back. You know, he reminded us that if you're over 55 years old, how many of you remember the Jesus movement? A few of us, maybe three in here. Honestly, raise your hands high. Jesus movement. There you go. There you go. Well, to give a little context of where we need to understand if we're going to move forward, we need to take a look at where we came from. And just a quick note, I don't want to take a whole lot of time on this this morning because I want us to go out and have fun and eat and get wet. But a little context here, June 1967, does that ring a bell? It was the summer of love. It was a big moment. It was as if something in San Francisco, some concentric circle dropped down a few bars and everything, 100,000 young people slid right into San Francisco. It just sucked them right in. And, and, and they, they basically came down into this Haight-Ashbury district. It was where Haight and Ashbury came together. And, and all these people came together with this new expression of freedom. You, you had people like Timothy Leary. You recognize that name? He was an American psychologist who was really known for psychedelic drugs and the use of them. And the, guy was, the guy was way, way out there. But his famous phrase was you, that we were to tune, to, uh, turn on, tune in, and drop out. That was the big buzzword. And this was a great moment in history in terms of all of a sudden the whole world just went and everything shook and spun. But I'm telling you, it was out of this tremendous time of chaos that came one of the greatest revivals that that we have seen in our lifetime that had the most and the largest impact. I remember bumper stickers, evangelistic bumper stickers. How many remember those? Brian, your car was covered with them. Sorry, no, I'm just kidding. Things like one way. Bumper stickers that said things like, like, Jesus is the bridge over troubled waters. I remember seeing that one. I remember seeing the one, only Jesus saves. Are you lost? Big question mark. These are bumper stickers. I mean, I remember wearing them on my arm, bumper, little stickers and stuff. Jesus, one way. Jesus Christ, he's the superstar. Man, it was all about promoting your faith and getting in a lot of arguments, which wasn't the best thing to do. But, And what some of the outcomes of that movement were many young people, including my wife and I. We left conventional Christian churches as we knew them in search of a more fulfilling spiritual expression. That's what we were hungry for. That's what we were looking for. I was was born and raised in the CMA church, and I remember sitting in a pew, and it was like, you know, we were told, sit there, don't drink and chew, and don't run with those that do. (laughs) We were never challenged to do anything other than sit and pay attention. And I would see all my buddies ride by on their dirt bikes on Sunday on the railroad tracks out to ride. And I'm like, and I'm like, (laughs) my heart wasn't in that seat. But we, you guys have heard my testimony. I'm not going to go there. But there was this incredible moment, this incredible moment of Christian renewal hit the country. And it gripped Sandy and I's heart. There were other outcomes that really gripped our heart and others. And it was things like beach baptisms. 
the baptism left the church. Remember, the, the, we'd have those little things in the church. We had one, and it was the doors would open. It was a real ceremonial, and it, it was a powerful moment, yes. But all of a sudden, we're outside baptizing people in the river. We didn't need all the bells and whistles to do it. We just said, just gave your heart to Jesus. Sister, let's just go down the river right now. We're going to baptize you. And it was like, woohoo! Powerful, powerful moments. I remember one time we were baptizing people on top of a sawdust pile in the snow lined with plastic. It was a great moment. But not only that, we had things like open-air Jesus concerts. Remember the Jesus coffee houses where you went in and they were playing music and all that? This was all an expression of that movement. But eventually, by the late 1980s, it kind of began to split. The Jesus movement kind of went two directions. One of the groups kind of went towards more of a cultic and, 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 and alienated themselves from both mainstream Christianity and the larger community of society. They did. The other day I was with Matt um, Dalby and we went out to Wolf Creek and to Coyote Creek. I remember as a kid communes all over that place. People who had left the traditional societal norms and they just said, you know, we're done with that. We're going to go live our life. And they lived on these communes. Some of them were Christian communes. My wife and I actually lived communally. We've lived communally. We've lived cooperatively. We loved it. And it really knitted something deep in our heart. But out of that, out of that, there was the other segment of, of, of believers during that Jesus movement who were absorbed or reabsorbed into Christian groups, such as Calvary Chapel, Chuck Smith. It, it was like it was like all of a sudden San Francisco, it popped up, and then everybody began to slide out into the North or south? You had the Jews for Jesus movement. Remember that? I mean, there was quite a few of them, but the highlighted ones, I remember gospel outreach. It was in, in Eureka, California, Lolita. That's where Sandy and I's heart was drawn to. There was um, several others, but this is where the genesis of the vineyard movement began, out of that Jesus movement. Here's all these people going down to Chuck Smith at, at Calvary Chapel, and then John Wimber starts up. And what was unique about John Wimber's church was this the music and worship began to change everything they went from remember that they went from singing about god to singing to god that's what i love about the worship here guys is we're singing to god we're not just singing about god yes we sing about god but we're singing to him as well well done sister that's what we do But like most revival moments I wrote, the Jesus movement was relatively short-lived, but it certainly left its mark on Christian history. It rejuvenated a huge portion of the body of Christ, again, through its music, through its informal worship style. I, I loved it. I, I, I love hymns. Don't get me wrong. I love hymns. I love the story behind hymns. But when you go to the same church over the years, and then you leave and you come back 30 years later, they're still singing hymnal number 127. And, and, and only the first or second stanza, please stand. I, that's not worship. And I, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't do that. I love, I love the freedom that we have to worship Jesus the way that we do here. There are other places that do that too. Bethel, oh my goodness, Seattle Revival Center. Are you kidding me? It's off the hook, the way they worship Jesus. And so much freedom. But a lot of this type of worship and type of music really did appeal to young people. How many of you, because I'm talking within the context of Vineyard, how many of you remember the first time you heard Vineyard music? Yeah, that is big. Didn't something in your heart just go click? 
something clicked. And I'm not saying we are the only way. We have the only, I'm not saying that at all. Please don't hear that. I'm just saying it was something unique about that. But it was this along with the Holy Spirit that drew my wife and I to this place over 30 years ago. I remember we were looking for home. We'd come out of a church up in the Dalles that was really a rocking church. It was fun, but God called us back to where we grew up. And we came back and we were looking for a church. And we'd gone to a few churches. And I went to some of the big main churches where my dad went. And, and you know, it just wasn't for me. It was not for me. And, and then we heard of the vineyard. And it's like, what's a vineyard? So we started researching and check it out. We came out here. And we just, the moment we walked in the door, we knew we were home. That is our story. We knew that we were home. And what was exciting to me was I came through that door. And you, those of you that remember San, uh, Nancy Buffington, she was on that side. I'll never forget this. I walk in the door, and I just kind of walk, and I'm looking around. She's over here, and she went, <laughs> and she started making this, like, man, working her way through the crowd. She was, like, almost shoving people out of the way. Not literally, but she was coming fast, and I thought, is she coming for me? I mean, <laughs> do I owe her money or something? What's the deal here? And she comes up, and she says, you. I'm like, and she says, yes, you. She said, God has called you here. Do not leave until he's done with these purposes in your life. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. What seat do you want me to sit in? You know, I've heard many people over the years make that comment. Jay Pathak reminded us of that moment. Why are you here? Why did you even come to be part of the vineyard? And he had this picture of muskox. If you know anything about musk ox, they have this unique ability to give off an odor that attracts only other musk ox. And he said, there's something about being a part of the vineyard that you just happen to attract other people. Now, I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's true. There's something to that because you go to other vineyards and you just feel, you feel something there. But I also feel that beyond the vineyard. I have felt it with other fellowships that are in the same like-heartedness not necessarily like-minded, but they want to make Jesus famous just as much as we do. And you enter those arenas and you feel just as, as welcome and just as loved. And I love that because this is so much bigger than we are. And what encouraged me about Jay is he said, look, I want you guys to find out how other people are skinning their fish. He's talking about evangelism and stuff. Get involved with other people. Get involved with other groups. Be associated with other people. Let's, let's learn to love across the lines in powerful ways. One, and I love that because that's my heart. We're not some group that has it all figured out and we own it. I mean, it's just we are just one expression of the body of Christ, right? There are many expressions in this valley and beyond. And I want to rub elbows with some of these people because I want all of, all of us together collectively make Jesus famous. That's when the world will say, when we become united, the world's going to say, whoa, because we all come together as different parts and we stand up tall and we represent and present an incredible image of Jesus to the world. Amen? So there's so many ways I could go with this message this morning. And I, I, I just, I just want to say I was encouraged by listening to Jay. I was encouraged. And, and, and I thought, you know, he, he made a point. We had a, we had a leaders meeting before this big conference even started. It was all the, all the senior leaders from the different vineyards in the Pacific Northwest. There's a lot in that room. 
and he there's a Q&A time, question and answers. And Jay just said, ask away. It was him and Brenda Gatlin. Just ask away. The very first question was about the gay community. What, you know, how are we going to? And, and Jay, Jay was very nice and very kind. He let her finish, and he said, she was out of Yorba Linda, California. And he just said, you know, time out. You guys need to hear my heart. And everybody just went. He said, God will teach us how to love those people. That's when he said, we have some messes to clean up. But he said, you need to know my heart. I will stick to and I will follow with all my heart the historical gospel as we know it. The historical church, the word of God, we're going to stick to that. And out of that, we're going to learn how to love other people. It's like we hate the sin, but we have to love the sinner. Right? And I think part of that is us extending grace to them like we have yet to experience ourselves. A whole other level of grace that we need to learn how to pour out on others that will draw them in. But at the same time, we're not giving into. You got that? And Jay was so passionate about sticking to the word of God. I just went, wow. And everybody in that, I mean, you could feel like, oh. And he said, I, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but we're going to get back to that. But we're cleaning up some other things. We have to get back to the basics. And he went into a whole mode of evangelism that just totally blessed my heart. He made a comment. He said, just like coming out of the chaos of the 60s, which gave birth to revival, coming out of the chaos of the last two years, we're about to see and be part of a great move of God, revival, once again. But there's a big if in there. There's a big if in there if we don't forget who we are and what we have been called to. Simply put, we have been called by God to join his mission. And his mission, simply put, is to make all things new again. I want to be part of that process. Don't you? I want to be part of that process. And what that means is we have to first go back, maybe even revisit and understand the mission of Jesus. But before I go there, I'll probably hit that next week. I, I, I've asked a couple of you, and there's more in this room. I just would like to know what drew you to the vineyard. Dan, I talked to you. You want to come on up? So I've known Doug for a lot of years. I've known a lot of you for a lot of years. And I first came to the vineyard in 1991. And my life was a wreck. Um, I went from having everything to nothing overnight, lost my family, my wife, my kids, my business, everything. And I had moved here from Southern California to move back to Oregon and raise my kids in Mayberry. And um, my wife at the time didn't think that was a good idea, and we ended up splitting up and stuff, and that's what the catalyst was for that. At the time, I had went to work with... Uh, a guy named Ron Godwin, a lot of people know him, uh, used to attend here, and his wife, Lynette, who was a giant prayer warrior, prayed for everybody in the shop, and we were a bunch of knuckleheads, and uh, anybody that knew us back then knows that that's the case, and the result of that was we ended up all getting saved and coming to church, and that was back in 1991, and um, a week before my life fell apart, I attended Vineyard for the first time, and a lot like 
the comments that uh, I hear from new people that come here, I felt the spirit of God here. And the people were very free to worship, just like Doug has expressed. And, you know, I, I found a God here that had all the horsepower to do everything I needed to have done in my life at any given time. And he repeatedly did that from the years from there. I crushed a foot off. He he healed that. I've been healed of liver cancer. I've, I've had a lot of powerful things in my life, but I've seen a lot of powerful things happen in your guys' life, too. Yes. And that's because the God that resides here is a mighty, powerful God. And he does have all the horsepower that I need. And he has all the horsepower that you guys need. And it's not just here. This is this is just happens to be a well of where God's presence is. And in John, it talks about Jesus being living water. If you've ever seen a dry grass, man, you start pouring water over and it starts to green up and stuff. And that's what happens with our lives. And that's what happens here at this church because we do have the ability to worship freely. And, and that's what I love about this church. We can worship however we want. If we want to sit, we can do that. If we want to get up here, and we can do that. We can jump and do jumping jacks, whatever. God loves that. And and I think because of that he shows up here and it's and it, like Doug said this isn't the only other place that that happens. Sometimes I get up early and I go to Edgewater before I come here. I double dip, and um, you know, and it's double it's dip. not that you know God doesn't show up there. It's just this is my home. This is where God's done the most, and it doesn't mean that you can't get that at Edgewater or Table Rock or all these other different churches, Parkway or whatever. But God showed me personally here his power and his love and his ability. And he has that for each and every one. And all we have to do is ask. And because he has just continuously poured out his love and his power and his abilities in my life, that's why this is my home. This is, I was, Doug and I were talking the other day, this is just a, it's like an artesian well. This is where God just wells up, you know, and we get to dip into that living water that he describes himself as, and we get it to green up for the new grass, you know. I I think about, you know, uh, my mind runs in like uh, um, old TV series and stuff. You know, little Joe from Bonanza, he'd go get the canteen full of water and the bad guy would shoot and he'd miss Joe, but he'd hit the canteen and there goes the water. And th that's the way the bad guy is in our life. So we need to put a cork in the canteen, come back, get some more water, get through life. And this is where it happens. This is our well. This is every Sunday. This is where it happens. And so I just, I just encourage you, if you have a need, those chairs over there, people get healed there. People find out stuff over there about what's going on in their lives. I encourage you, jump up and down. Do jumping jacks. Worship however you want. I just, this is home. That's what has, for 31 years, started me here and has kept me here. And I've been a knucklehead. I've wandered out and stuff. And, and I encourage you, come back. You know, if you're struggling, come back. Get filled up. Living waters. That's good. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go watch all the Bonanza reruns. <laughs> I missed the canteen one. Yeah. Well, let's see. My wife and I, we moved from California up here in 96. We started attending um, a great fellowship in town. Our cousins were going there at the time. And we, we tried in every which way to uh, feel like we were supposed to be there. We, we joined a home group. We 
got involved in every kind of thing, but we never felt that our roots were going down. And a coworker of mine who was not a Christian when I first met her, she and her husband came to the vineyard and got saved. And she started sharing what was going on here, the prophetic, the worship. And I'm thinking, that sounds like home. Because Barb and I came out of um, an amazing church in Oakland, California called Shiloh Temple. And they were on fire, and they're still on fire. And we were, wor we were worth, um, we were used to a lot of worship, the prophetic, the presence of God. And the moment we walked in here, Doug Perkins was preaching that morning, and he was speaking right to us. And the presence of God was definitely here, and we immediately felt like this was home. And the other thing that really drew us was the openness and the friendliness of everybody. We, we just... You know, we had everybody coming up to us saying, well, we're going to have this, this event on this Wednesday and we're going to have games and we're going to do a potluck. Please come. And so we did. And we haven't left since then. And that was 25, 26, 27 years ago. So we're here to stay until God moves us somewhere else. And I don't think that's going to happen. say something? Yeah. Come on up here, young lady. Marsha! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta lean, lean back there. There you go. See, can I go yes, on back? this is Cedar, Brittany, Cedar's mother. Yeah. She's awesome. We're old timers, you know. Uh, we come and go, but this is always going to be my home. Uh, speaking of going back to the basics, um, I remember the basics when Lonnie Frisbee came to Grant's house, the barn, a long Couple time ago. ago. The Myers were there, <laughs> Perkins were there, Kelly was there, and that's when we had a, yeah, there was a, it was not visitation of the Holy Spirit, where he just did, I was, he just visited us. <laughs> That was amazing, life-changing. I was kind of a brand-new Christian then. Um, I didn't like church. I didn't like church, so. But, the you know, wow, the music was, <laughs> Tom Lynch brought home uh, from when he went to visit John Wimber, uh, 233 and a third records. Remember those worship? Do you have them? Anybody have them? If anybody has them, I would just, that would be such a blessing. Anyway, I've been around the vineyard that long, <laughs> and I am just so happy that you want to go back to basics. Yeah, the music changed the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, you know, seen a lot of things, and I'm glad it's not going to change. That's good. 
Yes. You got 32 seconds. Oh, there's 30. <laughs> I came to the vineyard in November of 1985, and the minute I walked in, I knew I was home. I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit the preceding year. I had um, been part of a home group. I'd been part of churches, uh, a church, but I never was at home. I heard a lot of things said, but I didn't see the fruit, and I didn't have the words for it. I didn't know why. I was hearing people talking about blessing this and blessing that, and I was hearing people talking about healing, but I didn't see it happen. I didn't know how it happened. And God started working my life, and he was talking to me all the time, all the time. And um, at one point, I said something to him about forgiveness, and he's, or excuse me, healing, and he said, he just spoke to me, and he said, unforgiveness. And it was a shock to me. It was like, there's unforgiveness somewhere. And so I just started forgiving everything I could think of everywhere. It didn't matter what it was. I just started speaking forgiveness. And I was healed of a bursitis that was so bad in my arm that I couldn't lift it above here. And I was a horse trainer. And I had all these animals and all these people. And I couldn't lift above here. And I was doing this within a matter of days. And so he did a one-woman school on the importance of forgiveness and healing. And so no matter where it went from there, uh, he'd, he'd show me over and over with people, you know, unforgiveness. And it's like, and, and a lot of times it was for them what it was for me, a surprise. Because they don't know they're holding on to it until... He comes up and touches that area and says, hello, do something about this. And um, I came here. He changed everything in my life. And the minute I walked in, it was like all these others have said, I knew I was home. Where I was was okay, but this was home. And over the years, we have revisited that over and over. At one point, every year we go, and we pray about leaving or doing something else or being somewhere else. And we help with church plants and <coughs> other situations. But one year the Lord said to me, this is your stay. And he said it like that, like stay. And, and I've never forgotten that. And there's, it's from a psalm. I was reading a psalm. And it said, the Lord is your stay. And it was like, oh, okay, I'm here until you tell me otherwise and that is still the way it is today this is home not because it's the only place it's because it's where he's planted us and we're here until they bury me or until they tell us otherwise that's good that's good <laughs> just to kind of wrap up i i do want to share the future we're going to get back to the basics, which I'm going to share next week, um, and, and what that looks like. But I do want you guys to know that we're going to take Jay Pathak's word of rubbing elbows with others seriously. There are other like-minded people that we want to be uh, knit together with that 
are doing and pursuing the things of God that I feel like we as a vineyard, our expression here, all of the vineyards have been given this incredible economy. And you go into different vineyards and you can feel the different, uh, where they're at and what they're doing. And, and I totally honor that. And I'm thankful that we don't have to have this, you know, kind of a thing where we have to follow the rules and every chair has to be set this way. And, 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 and that's not, not who we are. And at the end of the day, I'm thankful for, again, the autonomy and the freedom to be able to be an expression of Jesus that he's called this body to be. Amen? And I love the fact that we pursue signs and wonders. We pursue the presence of God because we know that in his presence, everything changes. And man, if you can get that in the inside of somebody, it will dramatically alter the course of your life. So moving into the future, we will be part of and inviting other groups into this place that are like-hearted. And I'm excited about that. And um, we're just going to pursue Jesus together. Amen? Amen. So let's stand. Um, in a few minutes, I, I, Sandy, do you know where they're at? Are they, how ready they are, noon, what, what's the, okay, yeah, 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 well, here's what we're going to do, we're, they're setting up for the, for the potluck in the foyer, you, most of you know the drill, we go out those doors, make two lines go through, and we eat out here in the north room, and then we're going to go outside and watch Bob come down the water slide, and yeah. I, hey, we have a prayer ministry, brother. We'll, we got catchers, too. So we will, we will, that's kind of how it'll work. But let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for this moment. We're so grateful and so thankful, God, mm, that you have called us together for such a time as this, God. And Father, I do pray that you would take us back to our roots, where we go back and we rearrange everything that we need to, to be totally sold out to you. Father, when I hear someone talk about passion and, and their interpretation of passion is, woohoo, as long as it's all good and happy, but Father, that's not true passion. True passion is willing to suffer for you. And Father, I just pray that you would teach us how to suffer in a really humble, powerful way for you as we continue to pursue you, oh, as we continue to fall in love with the things that you love, God. Wow. And we totally abandon ourselves to you. And Father, we're excited about what you have for us in the future. And Father, I just pray too right now that you would uh, bless this day in a powerful way. That you would bless the food. We will be there in a moment. And Father, that you would bless the, the fellowship and outside that the fun would keep us all safe. Especially Bob. And uh, <laughs> we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Ha, ha, ha.